One of BYU's big-name additions in the transfer portal was the name of Isaiah Banya. We had a chance to catch up with him last week at BYU football practice. He explains his journey to getting to BYU and what he hopes to accomplish as a BYU Cougar. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate making us a part of your day, no matter when you happen to be listening to this morning, noon, night, overnight, no matter what. Thank you for your support. We're very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And of course, we are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. All right, diving right in on today's show. And typically, I like to save some of the, I guess, the the goods for later on in the show show, but we're going to get to an interview right away on today's show. It's a little bit of a slow news day around the BYU uh, front, and so we're going to uh, talk with Isaiah Banya here momentarily. Had a great opportunity to catch up with him last week at BYU football practice. We'll get to that, but there's one thing before we dive in, is that BYU Spring Ball offers opportunities for guys to go and make a name for themselves. Does that mean they're going to show up in training camp and be the next big thing in the BYU football program? Absolutely not, but as I was reviewing some of my notes and some of my conversations with people about BYU football, there was a name that I have failed to note uh, yet on the podcast that I I look at this and it's an interesting background and the name is Jonah Chatelain and I hope I'm pronouncing it maybe Chatelain. He is a freshman linebacker coming in from White House, Texas. Now, he's a member of the LDS faith, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, apparently, has a return missionary joining the BYU football program as a walk-on. But I had one of our people that uh, fills me in with some information from time to time mention to me, this goes back probably two weeks ago, and said, hey, there's this linebacker out there for BYU making some plays with uh, one of the reserve units, and where's the number 44? And I was like, oh, well, my roster that I was given doesn't have a number 44. So I started to dig into a little bit, started looking around, I found a picture of a number 44 wearing a, a linebacker jersey with last name uh, Chatelain or Chatelain. I'm, I'm, I apologize, I don't necessarily know how to pronounce the name correctly. I'll have to get some more clarification on that. But as I started digging into this, this is an interesting player because what I was told is this is a kid who is continuing to make play after play in practice when given the opportunity. I was hopeful at BYU spring game last Friday to see him play a little bit. As I was patrolling the sidelines, looking around, keeping an eye on people that were in and out of the lineup, I saw him in a knee brace and he was held out of the drills, at least that I could see. I never saw him actually take the field. Uh, if I missed that, I apologize, but He's a name to keep an eye on because he's got really, really nice size, and he's finally been added to BYU's roster. He uh, was a late addition, meaning that he showed up to spring ball as a walk-on who tried out for BYU early on in spring camp and made the spring roster. Does that mean he gets carried over to the fall roster? Well, he's going to have to make an impression here in spring ball to make that jump. But great size. Uh, speaking of Chatelain, six foot three, two hundred and twenty pounds. Uh, I tried to see if he had a huddle highlight reel. It looks like his most of his highlights are actually from the basketball court. 
court. He's a pretty high-level basketball player from down there in Texas. So I'm intrigued by this young man. Like I said, uh, people who uh, kind of mention names to me, when this person told me his name, uh, speaking of Jonah Chatelain, I was like, okay, I need to look into this a little bit, and I will continue to dig into that. But it's one of those names that kind of pops up. And like I said, it's kind of a slow news day here on a Tuesday. So I was reviewing some of my notes of stuff I've written down over the past few weeks about BYU football. That was one that popped up, and I figured I'd at least uh, make you, uh, the Cougar fans out there, BYU fans that listen and or watch this podcast, you will know that name if it pops up to any large degree going on down the road in BYU sports. All right, time now to let you guys hear from BYU defensive end slash edge uh, rusher Isaiah Banya. Had a great opportunity to catch up with him at practice last week. Apologies in advance. Uh, the wind was a little bit crazy that day, so hear a little bit of uh, the feedback from the wind in our mics. But nonetheless, a great conversation with a man who is very, very happy to be at BYU and expects to make an impact on the Cougars. Without further ado, here you go. Jonah Chattelin speaking with myself right here on Locked on Cougars. You're a guy who's transferred into the program. So what's the experience been like? I know you haven't been here that long, but what's it right. been like so far? So it's been a quick turnaround. You know, we I got, I got here in like the start of January, you know, and then we had that whole winter camp and everything for the past you know, a month and a half. And so we kind of just started spring ball the past couple of days. And that's mostly where I've been trying to transition, transition into the most, you know what I'm saying? Especially with the new playbook, you know, the whole coach staff and shoot, just getting settled in on the team, you know, and that's, that's pretty much been the best part of it, but also one of the most challenging, you know, remembering 150 dudes names. <laughs> sure. Easy to do, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But no, it's been a good transition for me, especially coming from Boise. And, you know, it's been awesome. Everybody's been super welcoming here. Had a great experience so far. Now, you, you transferred, obviously, and a lot of guys, when they go to a program, they, you don't anticipate transferring originally, but what has the process been like? Has it been everything you expected it to be? Yeah, you know what? I feel like it's been everything I expected and more. Okay. You know, it's been better. I definitely wanted to try and come, go somewhere where I could have the best opportunity, you know, to play an impact on a team, but also play at a high level. And, you know, with BYU going into the Big 12 now, shoot, that's, that's a big deal, right? And so, you know, for me to come out here and, you know, have an impact on defense, on the field, and also off the field, you know, meeting all these guys and growing my relationships and uh, camaraderie with the guys in there, you know, it's it's a big thing. It's awesome, and I love to see it, you know. So. Now, you endured injuries last year, obviously, during your time at Boise. Uh, how are you feeling physically right now? I feel great. I feel great. You know, the strength staff here have been getting me right this whole time. Okay. You know, they've been keeping it, you know, real specific down to the details about, like, how I'm working out. Even when we were out there running, you know, they're watching my every move almost. And whenever I go into the trainer's room, they get it down to the TV. So they're taking care of me. They t- they're taking good care of me, man. Good. For sure. So like, yeah. Two years ago, you led Boise State in sacks. Yes, Do you sir. anticipate that you can have that same type of an impact here? You know, that's, that's definitely something that I'm looking forward to. But like I said, I'm really just trying to impact on defense any way I yeah. can, whether that's sacks, you know, shoot, tackle for losses, who knows, maybe even interceptions, you okay. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I just want to help as much as I can with the defense and everybody on the, on the, on the squad, you know. So Now, you already had a relationship with Coach Pop uh, from your time at Boise. Uh, has he talked to you at all about his exploits here as a player and a coach? He did, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he was, he's told me plenty of stories from when he was here in the past, sure. you know, especially when he played here. Yeah. You know, even the guys that he's had, you know, he's been able to coach mm-hmm. and, you know, mentor through their lives, their college careers. So, yeah, I've definitely heard his fair share, definitely. Fair enough. Uh, now, with this defense, Jay Hill's the new defensive coordinator. Yes, have you felt, like, at any point that you're behind the eight ballers? It just has everybody been on, kind of on the same page because he's brand new here. No, I, honestly, I feel like we've done a great job, especially Coach Hill. He's done a great job, you know, bringing the whole defensive scheme in, yeah. helping us understand. You know, I feel like it's, it's not a too complex defense. Sure. 
But, you know, it's definitely something where you got to open the playbook and get steady, you know, but it's sure. definitely effective. And especially in the defenses that I've been in, it's, it's definitely going to be a good one. I feel like it'll have a good impact on the Big 12 this year. Now, I had a conversation with Atunais Mahe, and we've also heard from Caden Haas okay. that last year was a lot of two-gapping for them on the interior of the defensive yeah. line. But they've talked about the fact that they absolutely love this new defense and the fact that it just allows you, you once you accomplish your assignment, you can go make a play. They don't care which, yeah. where you're doing it from. Is it the same thing for you? 100%. Especially at the end, you know, at the yeah. S position. Yeah. Like, it, it, obviously, you have to get your technique down, and, you know, you got to do your job. And at the end of the day, it's putting you in positions where you can make plays. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who doesn't want to make plays? Yeah. Who doesn't want to make a sack or a tackle for a loss? You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, yeah, no, I love it. It's, it's definitely opened up uh, the range and variety of different techniques and skills as, skill sets that I can use at the edge position. Now, as you move forward here, we're getting towards the end of spring ball here, but not quite done yet. Do you feel like you've accomplished what you wanted to accomplish? Do you still feel like there's more to do? I've, there's always more to do. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I definitely have my goals set, and, you know, I feel like I'm getting closer and closer every day, you know, coming out here and grinding, you know, off on the field and off the field, you know, with the schoolwork and everything. That's important to me as well. But, you know, I feel like I have goals for the long term, and I feel like every day, like I said, it's getting closer too. So. You mentioned the fact that the Big 12, obviously, the BYU's jumping in there this coming season. How big of an impact was that for your decision to come here with the Big 12 affiliation? Yeah, I feel like it definitely had a, a big uh, a big part in it, you know, especially like I said, I wanted to play at a high level, you know, show my talents and my skill set on a big platform. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like obviously, you know, it did play a little, it did play a part in my decision, but a big part of it, you know, was because of the program that we have here. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely something that I've always been intrigued about, especially where I'm coming from. You know, it's a pretty big deal, BYU, you know. And so, especially Coach Pop, you know, he, he knows how to coach his guys. He knows how to get them right. And who wouldn't want to follow that, right? So, <laughs> Well, before we started recording, you said from, you're left, from Lethbridge, uh, Lethbridge, Alberta. Alberta yeah. Well, a lot of members of the LDS faith up that way. So how familiar were you with BYU even going to Boise and then making this decision to come here? Very familiar. Okay. You know, it's, a, it's definitely, there's a huge fan base from where I'm yeah. from. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's like, oh my goodness, you're going to BYU now. <laughs> Thank goodness, all this stuff, you yeah. know, it's, it's pretty cool to see. And yeah. it's definitely, you know, it's awesome to do it for, you know, my hometown and stuff like that. So There you go, Isaiah Banya, BYU edge rusher slash defensive end. And it was interesting to hear his background. This is a kid who is from uh, one of the quote-unquote heartlands of Mormondom up there in Canada in Lethbridge. And uh, funny enough, uh, they just announced that Lethbridge, Canada, is actually going to get a temple. And that's really cool uh, news for the Saints up there in that area. But you heard him talk about he's, he's very familiar with the LDS faith, has uh, people that he knows that are members obviously, and feels like he's made a home here at BYU. I know he hasn't been here very long, speaking of Banya, but I'm really intrigued with his talent. He's been running almost exclusively with the first-string defense for BYU. He's got all the tools that he was promised, or at least that I heard were promised when he came in from Boise State. Uh, Some of you might recall, if you did not, he was actually Boise State's leading uh, sack artist two seasons ago, so he has got the chops to be a good edge pass rusher for BYU. Is he going to be a guy that's going to go out there and challenge for big 12 all-conference honors? Who knows? But I really, really like this young man. A great interview, a great chat. We actually talked off-camera, quote-unquote, uh, for another five minutes beyond that, talking a little bit about his background. And uh, I actually had my trainer for my mission. is from the Lethbridge area, so we were trying to see if we could make that connection. Just, it's fun to catch up with guys like that. Very, very uh, chattable. A guy that's really, really easy to talk to. And a big thank you to Isaiah Banya for taking the time to join us right here on the Locked on Cougars podcast.
podcast. All right, coming up here in just a moment, uh, BYU's transfer portal options continue to kind of develop on the basketball side of things. Uh, some local names have popped up. What it might mean for Mark Pope if he decides to look in-state for some replacements to add to his arsenal going into Big 12 play. We'll get to all of that as today's show progresses here momentarily. First, a word on our friends over at Built Bar. Of course, I've been talking about Built Bars with you guys for years now. For those of you who are long-time listeners, Built Bars are the best-tasting protein bars that I've ever had. If you want a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories that come with your typical candy bar, then you got to try a Built Bar, my friends. They're absolutely incredible. All of us trying to be a little bit healthier. No matter uh, what it might be, you're just trying to cut down on the calories. You want to cut back on the sugar. No matter what it is, Built Bar has the option for you. The best part is they're covered in 100% real chocolate. You will not believe how good these bars taste for how good they actually are for you. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, but with a whopping 17 grams of protein, my friends. They're an absolutely incredible option to add to your diet. I cannot recommend them enough. Uh, those of you who know me know that I absolutely love these Built Bars. I actually recently received my latest order. I ordered both the cookie dough as well as grasshopper cookie flavors, but no matter what you're looking for, they have got a flavor that will fit you. I can guarantee you that. And the best part is you do not have to wait anymore to order them online and have them shipped to your home. You can still do that. You can go to Built.com and place the order there at Built.com. Or if you want to stop by and pick them up today, you can stop by your local Smith's today and pick up a four-bar pack at Smith's or a, a 13-bar pack from your local Sam's Club. It's a great way to get Built Bars to be a part of your arsenal every single day, no matter where you are in your health journey. But once again, you go to Built.com, place your order there. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off your order. Or if you need those Built Bars in your life right now, stop by your local Smith's or Sam's Club today and get into the best tasting protein bars and do it with our friends at Built Bar. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen today. I want to encourage you guys, if you've not done so already, check out Locked On College Basketball. It's one of our new podcasts here on the Locked On College channel. Experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton have everything for you when it comes to the college basketball realm. If you want to get caught up on last night's national championship game, that is the place for you to go. You'll be able to hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players as well from throughout the college basketball landscape. They have got you covered top to bottom when it comes to all things college basketball. That's Locked On College Basketball, available wherever you get your podcasts. It's also available on YouTube. All right, speaking of basketball, BYU continues to kind of mine the transfer portal or at least dig through the transfer portal, trying to find options uh, for them to go out and get guys into this roster that hopefully can help them uh, win games. We talked yesterday about Ali Khalifa uh, coming in to visit BYU. A number of you responded uh, on social media as well as in our YouTube comments talking about the fact that you like the fact that he's actually a facilitator who's got very nice passing chops for a big man. He does have that. If you look at his film, he's got the ability to play kind of in that high post and distribute. Uh, think of a guy uh, kind of in the mold of, I guess, uh, Nikola Jokic. I'm not saying he is Nikola Jokic, who's a two-time NBA MVP, but you guys know what I'm talking about. If you watch the NBA. Nikola Jokic, his ability to set up his teammates as a center is truly incredible, and Ali Khalifa's got some of that skill. Like we already mentioned, he has a 38% shooting stroke from three on pretty high attempts, 126 attempts, if I recall, last year for the Charlotte 49ers in Conference USA. So, uh, I really like that addition if BYU can get a commitment from him. They need big men in the middle, and that would be a guy that I think can uh, be a nice piece. Some of you think he's too thin at 230 pounds at 6'11", but uh, I think 230 pounds will hold up just 
just fine. I, I, it's bigger than almost any guy outside of Fus Traore on BYU's roster right now. So we'll see what happens there. But if BYU wants to find some other roster options uh, when it comes to the transfer portal, some in-state options are emerging. And that obviously comes when you have coaching changes. Both Utah State as well as Utah Valley University had both of their head coaches move on. Mark Madsen, obviously, from UVU heading over to Cal. And Ryan Odom heading back to Virginia to be the new head coach at VCU. And a number of players from their rosters have entered the NCAA transfer portal. We saw yesterday that uh, Sean Berstow, Max Scholga, uh, Simon Zapala, and as of recording, uh, still expecting uh, some other Utah State players, most notably a Stephen Ashworth, to enter the portal and examine their options. Now, if there are four, five, six guys from Utah State uh, looking at their options in the transfer portal, I would almost guarantee that VCU will almost have the first right of refusal on them if they want to stay with their former coach. Speaking of Ryan Odom, and obviously uh, he's a guy who knows these coach and knows these players as well as he as anybody could. And if he wants to have them, I'm sure VCU would be willing to bring them on board. But also, could BYU say, hey, here's an option for you to come play at the Power 6 level with us in the Big 12, help us get better. I would absolutely uh, be looking at any and all options from Utah State. That was a very successful team, made the NCAA tournament. Guys like Max Shulga and Sean Berstow in particular to me, outside of Stephen Ashworth, offer positional versatility for BYU because of their ability to play both a ball handler role as well as on the wing. That's one thing that Mark Pope has always valued is positional versatility. And if these guys can offer that from Utah State, why wouldn't you look at them as an option? I still think that BYU's top target, if you want to call it that, that's just my personal opinion. Like I said, I, I haven't had a conversation with anybody. You guys know that I work with Scott Gerard, who is the play-by-play voice of Utah State. We have not had a conversation with regards to any of these transfer portal guys. But it's my personal thought that if BYU maybe wants the best option for them, transfer portal-wise coming out of this state, it's Stephen Ashworth. A local kid who went to Lone Peak High, school, can score the ball in bunches, can distribute the basketball, is just a program guy. If he is intent on leaving Utah State, and there are some uh, people out there on Twitter who are claiming that BYU may be offering upwards of $200,000 in NIL money, uh, I don't necessarily know where that number is coming from because the main account that I saw that it came from uh, was suggesting that BYU had offered that amount of money, uh, but they started out saying it was a $20,000 offer. No, it's $100,000. No, I've got multiple sources telling me $200,000. I don't know what kind of options NIL will have and how much money BYU will have to throw at athletes in NIL. I I don't claim to know any of that, but what I can tell you is that if BYU has interest, or at least uh, if BYU wants a guy that I would think should be a home run to add to their roster from in-state, it's, it's going to be Stephen Ashworth. Now, he hasn't officially hit the portal as of recording of this podcast. That could happen literally any moment now. I'm having to record this podcast a little earlier on uh, for our Tuesday edition. I'm actually recording it Monday afternoon. So he could pop in the portal is uh, tonight. Speaking of Monday night, he could pop in the portal tomorrow. But keep an eye on that. Stephen Ashworth would be an absolute home run. One that is literally just right up the road for BYU also went into the portal yesterday, and that is from uh, Utah Valley University. And that is Justin Harmon. Now, Harmon may be one of the lesser-known names from that UVU squad that made the run to the NIT semifinals, but that does not mean that he does not have a lot of talent. He is actually a very, very versatile player. Uh, Trey Wordbury, Aziz Bandango are some of the big names that took a lot of the headlines uh, for UVU this year, but Justin Harmon was kind of the quiet uh, assassin, in a way, a silent assassin for UVU. There were multiple games, if you watched any of UVU's uh, contests this year, where he would just pop up in big spots 
spots and make a big bucket or get a big rebound, make an assist to a teammate for a big shot as well. That is what a guy like Justin Harmon brings to the table. So if you were to ask me, okay, Jake, what of the guys on the in-state transfer portal wish list would you want? Number one, Stephen Ashworth. This is just the Jake Hatch wish list. If you guys have guys that you think would be home run gets in the transfer portal, I'd be more than willing to hear you out on them. You can weigh in in the YouTube comments if you're watching this on YouTube or drop us a note on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can search out Locked On Cougars and drop us a note there and let us know what you think. But I think if you were to give me a wish list, I'd have number one, Stephen Ashworth, number two, Justin Harmon. I think those two guys would be very, very uh, nice complimentary pieces to guys like Dallin Hall, etc. on the perimeter for BYU. Now, Sean Bairstow is one that's intriguing to me because he's six foot eight and has this all the guard, all the skills of a guard. Now, one thing about Bairstow from Utah State is, is the way I understand it, he is a graduate transfer. He'd be a one-year rental, uh, so to say, to bring him into BYU. Kind of what Rudy Williams was for BYU this past year. You get him for one year, and that's one shot. Uh, that is the uh, concern with bringing in a guy like that. Is it how uh, Are you looking to build with a guy, or are you looking for one of those quote-unquote hired guns in the transfer portal? That's kind of the philosophy that BYU's got to balance here. I think the history of Mark Pope has suggested that the one-year rentals for him have not necessarily paid off the way that he would like to, them to have, but guys who have had extra years working in the system seem to have worked out better. I think of a guy like Jackson Robinson. Uh, some of you were down on Jackson Robinson this season. I thought he started out the season slow, but really came on down the stretch for BYU, and I think the best is still to come for a young man like that. I like guys in the transfer portal. If you're going to use that route to bolster your roster, I want him to at least have two years of eligibility so he can come in and be a part of a building process for BYU. They're not coming in, you're having in a way to force them into the lineup because they're a hired gun and you only have one season with them. And if you don't use them, suddenly you're going to get a bad mark on the reputation out there on the transfer portal market because you didn't play that guy enough or you benched him, etc. That is the concern you run with those one-year transfers when it comes to the transfer portal. So, if BYU is looking at things, the way I understand it is Stephen Ashworth would have at least two years of eligibility remaining at Utah State if he decided to use them. Uh, but any of that is so negotiable now and so convoluted. I don't necessarily know who has how much eligibility anymore because the NCAA screwed it all up with the COVID waivers that they threw out, like candy, uh, transfer waivers that have been going out like madmen. It just it, it doesn't necessarily make sense anymore to my brain how things are working out. But nonetheless, uh, I think there are some pretty nice options for BYU out there on the transfer portal circuit, and we'll see what happens. But if BYU can get their hands on some of these in-state guys, there are worse things to do because they are proven players. They're familiar with the territory, speaking of Utah and the surrounding area, Provo, etc., and wouldn't be a quote-unquote culture shock for them coming into BYU because both Logan and Utah Valley University, guess what? They have a lot of members of the LDS faith uh, going to school there as well. So these guys would be familiar. Ashworth's a return missionary in his own right. So I look at it as a a great opportunity. If you want to stay local with the transfer portal, if you're Mark Pope, there are options out there. But like I said, if you guys have transfer portal opportunities, targets or wish lists that you guys have for guys out there in the transfer portal I'd be more than willing to hear you out on them and obviously we'll continue to comb through these options as they pop up in the coming days and weeks right here on Locked On Cougars. Alright, coming up here in just a moment, we finish out today's show with some final notes on uh, BYU football and a look back at the Manga Miracle Part 2 for BYU as they uh, began the 2015 season with an absolutely stellar uh, back-to-back home uh, wins against Nebraska and Boise State and we talk about the Boise win coming up in just a moment. 
Not sure what happened there. I guess we'll call it technical difficulties as a recording. All of a sudden, it just cut out on me. But so I uh, apologies for that little bit of abrupt uh, finish to that uh, last stanza of the podcast. But uh, once again, thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Uh, you probably didn't hear an ad read from myself in that last little bit of the podcast. If you did not, it's because we didn't have one. If you'd like to be a local sponsor with us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast, we'd love nothing more than for you guys to be a part of it. Uh, please reach out via email, LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address if you've got questions uh, about that or rates that type of stuff we'll get you in contact with our expert sales team uh, some of you did reach out over the past month or so we were under a little bit of i guess you, you could call it a I don't know what you call it, a, a hiatus. Uh, I don't know necessarily how to term it, but uh, we are now, quote-unquote, back open for business, I guess is the easiest way to say it. So if you are interested in that, we'd love nothing more than to represent your brand, a company, or your product right here on the podcast. All right, um, so that was kind of weird, but nonetheless, let's uh, finish up today's show by talking about one of the uh, fun games in BYU's independent history. We've been going back, uh, for those of you who may be checking us out for the first time, we've been going through all 155 games that BYU played as an independent football program as a way to count down towards the start of the 2023 football season in the Big 12 era for BYU. We talked yesterday about Taysom Hill and Tanner Mangum uh, combining for an absolutely thrilling win for BYU as they beat uh, Nebraska on a Hail Mary out there in Lincoln. Well, they returned home the following week and obviously Taysom Hill have been lost for the season uh, due to a, a, just another horrific season-ending injury. This one was a, a Liz Frank injury, the the fracture or whatever that that part of your foot that you just are unable to play the rest of the season. And that thrust redshirt uh, freshman return missionary Tanner Mangum right in the starting role for BYU. And to his credit, he responded very very nicely, all things considered. Uh, BYU returned home, hosting the number twenty ranked Boise State Broncos for their home opener in the twenty fifteen season. One of the rare games BYU and Boise play in September during this independent era. A lot of the games, in fact, the vast majority of them outside of this one, coming in October or November. But nonetheless, BYU hosting uh, the 20th ranked Boise State Broncos in Provo. Ryan Finley came in and was expected to be a guide to lead Boise State to hopefully a big win over BYU and continue a, a nice start and keep a nationally ranked Boise State team rolling. While Tanner Mangum and the Boise State and the BYU Cougars, speaking uh, of the Cougars, had other ideas. Uh, Mangum ended up uh, completing 17 of 28 passes for 309 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. A pretty healthy QB rating of 70.7. BYU had a nice rushing performance from Adam Hine. Uh, obviously, Jamal Williams had not been cleared to return to BYU yet. Uh, some of you might recall the circumstances around uh, Jamal during the 2015 season, but Adam Hine responded with maybe his finest rushing performance for BYU with 19 carries and 93 yards. Uh, the funny thing about this is Tanner Mangan was sacked uh, a bunch of times. I remember how many sacks it was. He actually lost 49 yards on the night, so he actually took BYU's rushing total to 72 yards, even though Adam Heaney ran for 93 on his own. It's one of those crazy things. Uh, they usually, in the NFL, take the sack yards out of your passing yardage, but in, in college football, it still counts towards the team rushing total. But BYU as they uh, did the previous week, got an absolutely thrilling win on the back of a heave from uh, Tanner Mangum. This time it went to Mitchell Jurgens. Obviously, Mitchell is now the sideline reporter for BYU Radio Broadcast and does a great job with that. But Tanner Mangum threw a 35-yard touchdown pass uh, to Mitchell Jurgens with 45 seconds remaining to give BYU the lead. Just absolutely an incredible play for him. Uh, he had actually fall, uh, started the game earlier on, if you will recall, with an 84-yard touchdown pass uh, from Mangum. Uh, 
just a, not even a minute into the game. I was actually in the press box watching this game. 63,000-plus fans, a full-capacity crowd for the home opener for BYU. But then it was capped off by one of uh, the patented Kainakua interception returns for a touchdown. I returned it 50 yards to make the final tally 35-24 to after Trevor Sampson uh, booted through the extra point. Ryan Finley uh, came into this game pretty highly hyped as the quarterback uh, going up against Tanner Mangum. He finished 25 of 38 for 297 yards, so not bad stats there, but only one touchdown against against three interceptions. Obviously doomed Boise State in this one. The obviously the the nail in the final the the final nail in the coffin that interception return by Kainakua. Jerry McNichols ran for two touchdowns in this game. Uh, Mitchell Jurgens had an absolutely monster monster performance. Four receptions, 172 yards, and two touchdowns. Obviously, having one that goes 84 yards will help uh, make your average per reception 43 yards. Also, Devon Blackman, uh, many of you will call Devon, had one of his finest performances in BYU uniform as well with six receptions for 105 yards. He also had a a career long, if I'm not mistaken, 70-yarder. They did not get into the end zone on. Just yet another one of those things. Devon Blackman, one of the few guys, one of the more thrilling receivers to never score in a BYU uniform. Uh, But nonetheless, BYU gets a big win and started their season in thrilling fashion, getting to 2-0, and they now would head uh, to UCLA. Now, the UCLA uh, contest is one that we're going to talk about on tomorrow's show. What a frustrating game, because that had the makings of BYU getting to a 3-0 start, going up against the 10th-ranked UCLA Bruins. The Cougars had it there for the tanking, and we'll talk exactly what happened about that on tomorrow's podcast. But nonetheless, a big thank you, as always, for you guys' support of the podcast. Thank you for checking us out every single day, making us your first listen. I want to encourage you guys now, if you have not done so already, make sure you go check out the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Get caught up on all things BYU. BYU is part of it, but all things Big 12 football and basketball and everything else in between with Josh Neighbors, of course, does a great job making sure you guys know everything that's going on in the Big 12 conference. So until tomorrow, my friends, apologies for the technical difficulties on today's show, but nonetheless, we'll be back with you guys again tomorrow. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya.